classic. We didn't. I grew up without a microwave until Ooh. like high school. When I lived in Minneapolis, I didn't have a microwave for two years. I don't that have a toaster. Interesting what? figuring that out. I don't have a toaster. No, you don't like toast? Well, it's because everyone I lived with always had the toaster. <laughs> oh, I still and... have that toaster. <laughs> so now I don't need it. I, I didn't need a toaster in those times of my life. And then when I find myself, you know, living in a place without a toaster, I'm like, well, I guess I'll just make the toast in the stove. The oven. Yeah, in the oven. <laughs> uh, I want, <laughs> I really. It's I really re- annoying. I should just get a fucking toaster. I really want a toaster with like four or six bread slice holes. When are you making six toasts at once? I don't know. Sometimes. Like when I have people over, I make toast. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, want to make two sandwiches at once? French toast. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to Rough Around the Hedges podcast. I'm Kaylin. I'm Adam. And I'm Christine. And we are going to talk about soil substrates today. All right. So I guess to start out with, we decided to break this episode apart from other types of like hydroponic substrates and just because I think there's enough to talk about for just soil mm-hmm. to cover. There's like a lot that can happen and a lot that can go wrong also with soil. Right. So um, maybe to start out with, we wanted to cover like base mix. What do you start out with when you're, when you bring a plant home and you want to repot it or you're one of your plants is overgrowing its container, and what do you start with? Well, the first thing is, if I bring a plant home, I'm going to let it acclimate to my home conditions before I repot it. Smart. Don't immediately repot it. Oh, do you re- do you immediately repot, Adam? He puts it in terracotta. No. no. <laughs> Fuck terracotta. Whoa. No, I don't. Yeah, I usually don't immediately repot it. But I guess I was just trying to set us up for... No, that's like fair. Like, what, uh, what kind of base mix do you guys get to begin so, mixing your own potting mix i don't have as stringent of a watering schedule so i use coco core because that holds a lot more water than your normal dirt soils do um so my basic recipe if you will is one part coco core to one and a half to two parts cocoa chunks and perlite so i'm naturally that's a really airy mix Oh, that's a lot of cocoa is what I'm hearing. Yes, but it has a good, a lot of, it has a lot of moisture retention mm-hmm. so that I don't have to water plants as often. Could just throw some rum in there and have a pina colada. Heck yeah, Malibu. Yeah, we're going to get to weird things that people add to their soil. That's later. <laughs> <laughs> Malibu rum. Um, so that's, that's my base mix. And then say I'm repotting an alocasia. Maybe I add a little more cocoa core to it so it holds more water versus another aeroid like a philodendron who maybe wants more air and not as or even hoyas like they want super chunky mix though i'll do more of the other stuff hmm. um oh i should also say i put in what did we determine it was blood meal i don't know why i bought the bag a few years ago and so every time i'm like mixing up a new batch i just throw like half a cup of that into it half a cup well i'm making a big batch oh I'm, I'm making I'm making a batch of soil. Yes, a batch. Yeah, I think you said badge. No, like, batch some, of soil. Okay. Bats. Um, right. Yeah, so I'm basically making it in a giant like tub. So yeah, I'm using larger. Does the blood meal add like iron or something? I think it's it's just plant food on it. Fertilizer. I bought it back when I was first starting and being like, I need this. Hmm. So I, think I, watched, I think I watched. I think I watched a Plantarina YouTube video and she was oh, like, Plantarina. I put this in all of my soil, so I. So bought you it. Started doing Spent that $18 on a bag and have just been using it up. We just do a shout out to Plantarina? No. no. <laughs> wow. That's a whole other that episode was, that right was, there. That was like uniform response. We can, uh, we can have an episode on bad plant advice. No, I think, um, so basically what I'm hearing from you is you tend to mix things a little bit differently based on the requirements of the plant. Yeah, so got. I have my uh-huh. base mix and then... Like, honest, it's, honestly, if I'm feeling up to it, mm-hmm. I will tweak it to accommodate the plant. Usually, no. Yeah. I think that's a good thing to start with because there are ways you can highly overcomplexify the process of, mm-hmm. like, soil. And people get really confused. They're like, I have a snake plant. Should I put it in cactus mix or can it grow in regular right. soil? Or what do I need? Do I need to add, like, sand or pebbles or anything? And I think a lot of plants... If you're careful, you can just grow them in pretty much basic bagged and I think, potting mix. I think a good chunk of that determination is your own plant care, too. 
So like I said, I'm doing stuff that holds more moisture because I don't water very often. But if you're someone that's going to be watering way more, you might want something that's going to stay drier faster. Sure. Adam's mix needs to get watered all the time. What's your mix, Adam? My mix? Yeah, I usually use a base uh, of some sort of fox farm, uh, like general all-purpose potting mix. Uh, sometimes it's the like Coco Loco one that has Coco Coir as a base, like water retention uh, amendment. And other times it's just peat as the main amendment. I've also used a lot of Espoma, like all-purpose potting mix as a as like a base to start from in the past. But I've also started with just like a bag of Coco Coir, like the really fine Coco Coir and mix perlite i always mix perlite and sometimes fur bark or just like bagged orchid mix that has horticultural charcoal and sometimes pumice or lava rock sometimes vermiculite and also i will always almost always sprinkle in some like slow release fertilizer Mm -hmm. pellets osmocote or just like a balanced all-purpose slow release um and that's pretty much standard if i'm doing succulents or if i'm doing something like just a like a hanging pothos or harley philodendron i will just sometimes use bagged potting mix right out of right out of the bag um but yeah like you said it's depends on how much energy i have sometimes and how much i really want to try to like optimize the care for that particular plant Mm -hmm. or if it's something that's drying out really fast and i'm about to up pot i'll just add more moisture retentive stuff to it um but yeah that's kind of my basic mix that i use my turn Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well kaylin likes to go the easy route and i just take potting soil um I have used Espoma Organics. I really like that. Right now I'm using ProMix, um, the high porosity stuff with the added perlite. Um, I like that. It's really fluffy. Great for if you guys are overwaters. Not as moisture retentive on that guy as I would like. Because I'm with Christine. I like to water once a week at most. I don't want to have to water any sooner than that. Um, Let's see. I've tried the Fox Farms that Adam uses too. But I... It's fine for a while. I just don't like the way that decomposes after about a year of the plant being in the same soil. I've like misjudged soil moisture once it starts decomposing, and I've root rotted a couple things because of it. So I'm I'm shifting away from that. Um, and then I just add perlite, just regular perlite. I just added in to give it a little bit more uh, drainage ability, and I call it a day. Sometimes I will add the cocoa croutons, but I found that if you add too many of those it dries out too fast and I'm still having to water at least once a week and I just don't have time for that. So I like my mix to stay super moisture retentive. And when I'm watering too, I tend to not let my plants, I, if I can help it, no, nobody dries out completely unless they're a succulent. Um, so I, I check on everybody once a week, but I don't like to have to water all that often. So, mm-hmm. and I also know that my plants are getting enough sun that I, I'm not actually worried about the moisture retentiveness of the soil holding on to too much moisture. Right. Everything's fine. So I think basic soil composition, you have just those few elements to consider. You have moisture retention and aeration. Am I missing something? Slash drainage. Slash drainage. Yeah. So things that will add more aeration and drainage would be things like perlite, pumice, cocoa chips, mm-hmm. uh, like fur bark, like any type of bark, so larger pieces, mm-hmm. uh, like larger granular size. And then things that would be more, add more moisture retention would be like peat, cocoa choir, like really fine spongy materials and also sphagnum moss. Sponge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just a, having a balance or like a proportional approach to based on what type of plant you're growing and where you're growing it is a good place to start with mixing Ooh, your yeah. own like, potting mix. For, you know, balance, if I have a succulent, I don't actually go out and buy cactus and succulent mix anymore because I find it gets too hydrophobic and then just doesn't do its job at all. Um, but I'll just add even more perlite into my mix if I'm potting up a succulent. I'll still use my same base potting soil and just add more drainage capability. Call it a day. Yeah. And then if it's a plant, like some begonias are just fussy little bitches and they don't want to dry out. So I might add a little bit of 
Coco Coir to that so it holds on a little bit more moisture. Or so you know, sometimes I'm I just use the potting soil straight out of the bag. <gasps> <laughs> do do you guys ever consider like the granular size for different types of plants? Like do you notice that granular the size of the amendments that you're adding makes a difference? Depends. Is there anything that um, you just wouldn't we- put really chunky something and really chunky watch how big of chunks you're using depending on the pot size you're using Mm -hmm. big chunks are going to be no good in a four inch pot Uh, if you have like a 10 inch pot for a monstera absolutely wait why are big chunks no good in a four inch pot elaborate well they take up more room but also have you tried checking the soil with your finger and having a bunch of chunks in the way (laughs) i i i made the mistake once and i just it was it was like a cock block. You go to put your finger on the soil to check out the moisture, and it's like there's a bunch of fucking rocks in the worms. So I've, I've just I don't do that anymore. Yeah, and I've like I've gotten um, small plants in like three inch pots that have the like size four perlite in it. Ooh, and as much as I like the big chunky perlite, but like there's like almost nothing in there that is holding any kind of soil or uh, moisture just that retention. One giant perlite. Yeah. So there's like nothing, there's like nothing basically in it. So I'm like, what, what is holding moisture when I yeah. water you? I feel like you're going to dry out almost immediately. It just reminded me of one of my coworkers asked me this question the other day. Like Dawson was like, what if we just had a giant like a ball and you just put the bottom half in water and you just plant something put, right like on the top. Like attach stuff to the top. I bet yeah. you orchids would love that. I feel like we should try it. We should. We should just design Where are you the, find the, the Lekka ball. And it's yeah. just like a... Someone Google how to make a Lekka ball. <laughs> how to expand clay aggregate? Yeah. Oh my God, I had to... Exp- how big are we talking I, about? If I would have known how to do it, I would have explained it last week in my pottery class because my pottery instructor, of course, is like, clay balls? What? <laughs> and she had to know because I brought the... I brought your ovabata for Amanda. Oh. <laughs> I was picturing like softball size to maybe oh, soccer ball size. See, I'm you're thinking like <laughs> like giant ball of like yarn lecca. This yeah. is my decorative lecca for my countertop <laughs> with my oh, eighteen orchids attached to it. See, I think. Yeah, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> I think size, so are you guys going to get some orchids to experiment oh. with this? I'm you know, sure the, Simone and Alyssa would love to hear. I feel like we should do an experiment with a giant lecca ball. We just have to find one. Mm-hmm. Or make one. Or make one. Um, and not by gluing together a bunch of smaller like a balls. <laughs> Although that could work. It's all about the type of glue. Be smart about what glue you okay. use. Yeah, mm-hmm. it needs to. It needs to um, I would go with an epoxy. It needs to be porous. Oh, I'm over here with my <laughs> stupid knowledge. No, okay, so, <laughs> so my crap okay, I remembered where I wanted to go next. And you were saying like it will stop you from using your finger to test the soil. And I wanted to say also... With the big chunks, I've also, with propagations, if you, like, plant the propagations in the soil, I'm worried that, like, the sprout that's going to come out of the node or something is going to just run into a big chunk of substrate and and just get stuck, like, stuck underground. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, the worst fate. Mm -hmm. That was was trying to happen to some of my Billyettea propagations, and I, like had to dig in there, and, like, they should be sprouting by now. They were getting stuck in Lekka, or what? No, they were, like, stuck under some chunks of bark like the this the growth growth points yep and i like went digging in there and i found them and they 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 thanked me and now there's like moving i had read a while ago going going off of the bark thing that bark um like what's oh my god brain fart is attractive to thrips like you're more likely to get thrips if you're using bark so i stopped why i never get thrips (laughs) (laughs) so i stopped using it because Uh. i i correlation who knows but i had put my Rio that I got, I put orchid bark in its soil mix, and then it got thrips. Um, so I don't know if that's something you've heard. Or... Side note, thrips is singular. So if you're going to talk about a single thrips, it's called thrips. It's not a thrip. Thrips. You nasty So thrips. it's like a deer? You nasty thrips? <laughs> Are you trying to use that as a swear? Is that a Janet Jackson song? I don't know. <laughs> it just came out of my mouth. Uh, yeah. So that's just another thing to consider if you're using, like, if you're using amendments consider like the actual aggregate size of each chunk mm-hmm. um i think uniform is better like kind of smaller uniform is better than having like giant chunks of cocoa chips or i don't know just generally when you're mixing it with really small stuff but or make sure, sure it's, it's not necessarily going to be all uniform right that's true but i'm it makes me worry about like the little growth points that are going to get stuck under there 
Yeah. Well, survival of the fittest. If they, if it's meant to be, they'll find a way. Life. Yeah, I've finds seen some of way. those underground growth points. Just like do their little tunnely dude, and then they're just like this little white noodle. Yeah. Trying to get out. <laughs> yeah. They That's like, my allocation. They're just completely the bleached and like, oh yeah. man. And you like dig in there, and you're like, oh. This is why you're not growing. <laughs> You've been trying to make that grow. You're a white tunnely noodle. <laughs> um, but no, there's lots of other su- like amendments that you could add. Have you guys ever grown, have you ever used sand? Back when I did have like three cactuses, yes. Uh-huh. Cactuses. <laughs> yeah. Cacti, succulents. Uh-huh. I don't know if they, when they were technically were. To be fair, I didn't add it to the soil. I'll just put it on top to help with mm. the fungus nets. I've never oh. used sand you never use sand? No, just in my sandbags for my photography equipment. <laughs> That's not the question that I was asking. <laughs> but no, like, or I don't know, it's kind of interesting. And there's certain certain of these amendments you can just grow plants, certain plants in, depending on your your care routine. You can just grow plants entirely in LECA. Or, in, sorry, entirely in... I was like, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> entirely in perlite or, like, pumice or certain things will just or moss. There are like lithophytes out there that just yeah. just grow entirely in rock. Mm-hmm. Um, or like you can grow things just purely in sand or I don't know. It's kind of interesting when you when you get into that, but have you ever have either of you used like worm castings or like organic compost or anything in your in your mixes? Just that bag of blood meal that I bought like a year and a half ago. Yeah, usually the potting soil I get it's already mixed in with that stuff, so hmm. I don't I also went through a phase where I was like I'm going to buy this amendment and this amendment and on this amendment and this amendment. And then I had like seven bags of amendments in a one bedroom apartment. And I'm like, I don't have room for all this. Mm. I did do. So like simplifying it was the answer for me. But like if you're making your own mix and not starting with a bag thing, like sure, I can definitely see adding that. I did do charcoal for a while. Um, what's the reason behind that? To add oxygen you to can, the soil? Yeah, you can. It, I have in drainage, and then there's like antimicrobial properties, I think. Right. And I don't know if I necessarily saw any like major benefit from using it. So I haven't bothered. Yeah. I ended up, I bought horticultural charcoal instead of uh, activated charcoal for a terrarium. And so I was like, well, I got to use this up. I'll throw it in here. But like, I wasn't going to keep buying bags of that afterwards. And it was like the perlite thing where every time I opened it up, it was just dust. And so I got tired Mm. of sucking that in. But that's black dust. (laughs) Don't suck it in. Don't do it. So that's another tip. When you're potting, when you're mixing substrate, definitely either think about wearing a mask because you don't want to inhale any dust from pretty much anything. And it's not just the dust. It's the tiny particles that you can get in your eyeballs. Ask me how I know. Uh, How do you know? (laughs) I got perlite in my eye. Ouch. And it wouldn't come out. And then, of course, I I had LASIK, so I don't have any contact solution in the house. So I had no eye drops to try and squirt that bugger out. It was awful. Gross. Yeah, I mean, you can also m- moisturize the the amendments a little bit. Like you can spray, moisturize. You could spray them down with water, and that reduces the amount of fluffy dust that just goes pluming into the air. Uh, same with pretty much anything. Like if you're mixing in cocoa chips or even peat, you can get like peat dust. There's it's not nice. I should probably wear more PPE when I mix my stuff, but uh, I just uh, throw on my little. Perlite mask, little N95 in the basement, and go from there. But yeah. you know, I I know. You just have like this respirator, more. like a like a 3M respirator, like proper mask, and it would just it got grosser and grosser, and it lived in my basement. But I'd like come up because I repot everything in my basement. I keep all my substrates and amendments downstairs. But I would like come up for air, and I'd like like put the mask up on my <laughs> forehead, and you know, like a Breaking Bad situation happening yeah, in your basement. It was really. <laughs> It was really ridiculous. But, yeah, I've just been misting things now, like just wetting those different amendments before I mix it all together or, like, pour it. And that's been helping a little bit. I've had some potting soil. I've had to moist, 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 moist. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry for the people out there who heard this word. (laughs) Moisten uh, before I use it. But, like, I don't, I don't, it doesn't mix as well when it's wet. Uh, Have you ever, like... When you when you pot things up, do you pot it? Have you ever heard it's like better to pot it in pre moistened substrate, or does that not matter at all? I mean, so after you pot it, you need to go water it so that all that dirt and stuff, all the soil, can Settles. settle down along the roots. So like, why does it need to be pre wet if I'm about to wet it? Right. The only thing would be if it's hydrophobic and it doesn't want to hold in that moisture, and then 
if you go in and you moisten it and you do the little, you know how like you get a sponge wet and you go to get it to like suck in the moisture. You do that with the soil. You do the little squish. Yeah. So you just answered your own question. You're like, you were like, well, why would you pre-moisten the soil if you're just about to go water it? Okay, so in the 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 question, which is you would pre-moisten it if it's hydrophobic and it doesn't want to absorb water. Yeah, to like me to make sure there's no dry patches in there Mm -hmm. down the road. If you're if you're about to water it, I don't know. I personally don't do that, but I've seen people do it, so that's why I brought it up. Don't have to. Helps if it's hydrophobic. If it's already moist, don't worry about it. Make sure you water your plants after you pot them. Yeah. Yes. Oh, can we can we make a note on that? If you plant your pot. I said that wrong. If you plant your pot, pot. If you pot your pot, plant. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. You know what we're doing? We're potting plants. Ah. Water your plant after you pot it. All the soil needs to scoot down around the roots. I guess my one exception to this rule would be like if you do a cactus or something. Right. Because they. I, if you have big maybe open wait wounds, to pot it until yeah, it needs you to want, be watered. You and want, then you do it. Yeah. I just totally talked over the entire sentence that you just said. I'm Say it again. Uh, if they have, if you have like desert adapted plants that have large like gash wounds or like hmm. stashes they stash their water in their <laughs> right no, 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 no like if they have open cuts or if you just repotted oh, something those need to callus over if you have if you just repotted something that grows in the desert it has desert adaptations its root system doesn't have the same type of like uh, defense like mechanism and it will just succumb to rot if there's broken roots in there and you're just adding water they can just rot faster and get bacterial infections and things like that you don't necessarily want. Mm-hmm. So, well, and like this is not a house plant, but dahlias, you plant the tuber, you're not supposed to water the tubers right away, which is totally counterproductive to everything, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like they, they hold moisture inside, so they're good. And like, I also think about when Mackie, our, our plant friend Mackie, had a bunch of Hawarthia he just left on his desks for months. And then he finally got around to potting them up, and they were fine. Oh, my gosh. Because they're holding the moisture in their <laughs> yeah. leaves. This, you can do the same thing with aloes and a lot of different succulents. They can just sit in ambient. As long as it's in a shade, as long as you're not, like, cooking it in bright sun, mm-hmm. they can just sit without any substrate around their roots for a really long time. So those would be the exception. Correct. And I'm sure there are other ones out there, too, that I don't necessarily know about. But... Generally speaking, I agree. You you definitely want to make sure that there aren't like pockets of air after you pot something in whatever substrate you're using. You I always like come in and just like smack the sides of the pot like <laughs> to kind of like jiggle the soil and get it all worked into the mm-hmm. air pockets before I water it. But um, yeah, what do you guys think about? Because Christine, you said yours is cocoa. Quar, mm-hmm. cocoa chips mm-hmm. and perlite perlite and then you just add blood meal for mm-hmm. that's like your because does cocoa quar and cocoa chips do they have offer any type of like nutritional value i don't think so but i'm fertilizing with waterings so okay we're kind of good there so you don't and then besides the blood meal you don't really add anything to your soil that would like naturally break down and feed the roots over time no because knowing me i would forget that that like stops at some point Hmm. so my brain would be like oh it's got fertilizer in it and then i wouldn't fertilize in the watering and then eventually the fertilizer in the soil would give out and i would still not be watering with fertilizer i kind of just water with fertilizer i kind of i understand that yeah because i think about that too but i kind of just do both like i'll just i'll mix the slow release in there and then i'll when it's growing season i'll just I'll hit it with a water-soluble fertilizer when I water, too. Right. I like the slow-release stuff for my work plants that I don't actually bring. I don't bring fertilizer to work, so mm-hmm. set it and forget it. But then you and I are also using base mixes that have usually have some type of like yeah, fertilizer added to it. really only good for a month after you pot it up, though. Is that, si- is that based on, like... So six... they'll tell you it's got three months of fertilizer inside uh-huh. it, but reality, it breaks down sooner than that. It's about a month. Is that based of how long the soil's been sitting on the shelf, like, using it up? Because that I, stuff's going to get moist. I don't actually know the reason why. I just heard that in another podcast. Yeah. Is there a reason that, like, you should keep your potting mix from completely drying all the way out? Like, if you if you have it... Well, just it's the hydrophobic thing. Can you explain that? Oh, uh, hydrophobic means it doesn't... It gets so dry that it doesn't want to absorb moisture, so it needs to be... Do the little sponge thing. You squeeze your soil, get it to absorb... Um, but also, I guess if we have any living little mycorrhizae 
fungi in our soil. We wouldn't want those to dry out because drying out will kill them. Also, same thing, baking your soil, bad, kills any good beneficial microorganisms in your soil if you put that stuff in the, I was going to say fridge, that's not the right (laughs) appliance. Uh, Oven, thank you. I've also seen people like put substrate like like between two pieces of black plastic and just lay it in the sun. Does, to does it too much kind work. Of heat it oh, to heat it. Okay. And like kill anything, like any pests that would be growing or like like larvae in the soil. But I don't have it. I never really had experience. I had once, I had a bag of, uh, I want to say it was a spoma in my basement. And I was like, the fungus gnats were going crazy up. Like up in, I'm like, where are these coming from? Like the plants, none of the plants are like dying, which is usually what you find if you're like having a fungus gnat outbreak and you start looking through all your plants you find one that's like oh this one's like rot rotting in here this is where they're all coming from and i was looking and looking and i couldn't find it and eventually i was down to repot some plants and i opened this bag of all-purpose spoma and it just like a cloud of gnats and i just like closed it and ran out so like grabbed and just ran (laughs) out screamed like a little girl And just like dropped it outside. And I was like, no more. I had a similar experience. Uh, it was uh, two summers ago. I had my bag of espoma out on the deck. It just like rolled up because I was doing all my repotting outside. It was lovely not have to worry about the mess. It sat in the heat, got hot. All the eggs or whatever were in there. They all hatched. And then <laughs> my poor work friends. I potted up a couple Wally grows to take to work with that soil. That had a bunch of fungus gnats, and then we all got attacked by fungus gnats at work. <laughs> Gross. And I was like, I know exactly why this happened. I'm so sorry. Okay. So there are reasons. If you're getting, maybe specifically if you're getting, like, bagged potting, like, pre-mixed potting soil, like, not to let it dry all the way out, because it makes it just hard to re-moisten and could kill beneficial microorganisms or fungi that are living in there. Um, but how about... Uh, how about using sphagnum moss? One, one question would be using sphagnum moss as a amendment, and the other would be uh, adding any kind of like pest control directly into your potting mix. Do you guys have experience with either of those things? Uh, the one time I put long-fibered sphagnum moss into my potting mix, I ended up giving my plant root rot, so I don't do that anymore. Okay. And the only time I really ever do it is when I'm up-potting uh, propagations, like we kind of talked about this last time where to not try and stress them as much, I kind of keep a little bit of the sphagnum with it. So that's, I guess, an additive in its own right. I'm not like actively mixing in moss into the soil, but it's in there to help with the moisture retention. Um, as far as like systemic or anything, I don't, I've never done it where it's just in my soil mix. I've always just added it to it. And I've only um, ever done that like twice because then I realized or learned that systemic granules definitely are not the best route to go um, for yeah. any other bugs. And I'm going to caution anybody who does that straight out of the bat, just adding systemic into your soil. Don't do it. Don't do it unless you actually have active pests because the um, it's not if you're first of all, you're wasting it. If you don't have bugs that you're going to get, if you're doing it preventatively, it doesn't make any sense. Um, it's just going to break down into your soil, wash out the drain, go infect the waterways. Um, plus also spider mites eat that shit up. You can encourage a spider mite outbreak by using systemic granules when you don't have an active pest infestation because they t- they think it tastes good. Spider mites think that uh, imidacloprid tastes good. Yeah, it actually... I forget if it just like encourages them to breed or if it just feeds them, but like... I thought it like killed off all the insects that would deter growth of spider mites. Oh, the the natural predators. Right. It kills spider mites' natural predators, which right. allows them to flourish. Yeah, that right. some, might be what it is. There's something about not using systemic granules unless you are actively fighting something mm-hmm. because that can encourage the spider mites to yeah. come. I think the biggest thing for me is just like, I don't like the idea of washing it down the drain. That, like, just, yeah. It's mm-hmm. just gross. And yeah, don't once, use it if you don't need it. It's like the forever chemicals. Like they just mm-hmm. never break down and they just constantly wreak havoc and as great systems. as they work against mealies, it's not necessarily yeah. the best choice. Yeah, until you have mealies to use it. And I think yeah. if you use it, like, if you were mixing it into all your soil and using it all the time, it, you could develop, like, resistance. Oh, yeah. Pest resistance against it. yeah. Which you definitely don't want to do. Right. So maybe rotating it would be better. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. That's, that's like, a whole other level of being trying to be proactive to maybe the point where it backfires. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... 
I also on the point of environmental costs, mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about like the environmental impact of peat. Peat dirt. Peat dirt. Peat dirt. Right, peat you dirt. Call it peat dirt. <laughs> peat dirt. Peat dirty. Or like the difference. I call it that because I grew up in southern Minnesota where there was a bunch of agricultural farms and there's peat dirt like farm land out there. Great for growing carrots. What does that mean, peat dirt? Yeah, farm? I'm my dad's a farmer. What are you talking about? I don't about? know. My dad always be like, that far, that field's peat dirt. It's great for carrots. <laughs> or like at one time, Dude, I super long Is tangent. anybody in Minnesota growing car- carrots like yes. in their farms though? Yes. Where? Maple, or what's it called? Maple Island, Minnesota. Small town between like Hollandale, Albert Lee, Austin. Yeah, that's okay. It's like carrots and peas and onions <gasps> and potatoes. Oh, yeah, okay. it's that kind of stuff. Oh, my like, dad only grew corn and soybeans. Because he doesn't have peat dirt. Well, I guess we don't have peat dirt. Fine. <laughs> just, that's, that seems like an oxymoron because the people come in and ask for dirt. And mm-hmm. there's like, I think there's a difference between soil and dirt. Yeah, you don't call your potting soil dirt. Yeah. I dirt, mean, dirt fell on the floor. Potting soil goes in your plants. It's kind of a semantic <laughs> thing, but I'm not sure if it's like a scientific difference. But um, dirt has like all kinds of things in it that potting soil usually doesn't have. Um because are you talking about like topsoil dirt, dirt yeah. for the yard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah, you can buy like you can buy dirt too, mm-hmm. but it's usually still called soil, and it's confusing. <laughs> but uh, the point is, the peat, sphagnum peat, is bad mm-hmm. because it encourages like harmful, destructive practices for bogs and wetlands, and usually when it's harvested, it just wreaks havoc on different ecosystems it's not a renewable resource once we use it up it's gone right and honestly coco car does the exact same thing if i'm not mistaken it's yes. basically does the exact same yep. thing the only thing i've heard is that with coco car you do have to be careful where it's sourced sometimes it can have like higher salts yeah. because it's comes from coconuts which are often grown near like coastlines yeah and so it can have like higher salt content. Oh, that's new to me. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, but um, I'm not sure how you measure that. I mean, maybe right. you can figure out how it's sourced, but I've never noticed any <laughs> negative impacts right. using cocoa peat. Right. So it's just something to be aware of that's mm-hmm. out there. But how about this, you guys? How about uh, using adding beneficial fungi to your soils? Like mycorrhiza, mycorrhizae, mycorrhizae, mycorrhizae. <laughs> we looked up how to pronounce it before this episode. You guys were like, "You're saying it wrong." No, I'm not. Um, most of the potting soil you are already going to buy already has it in there. What is uh, it? It's a fungi. Okay. They like that's it. Oh man, I didn't look this up ahead of time. They're like <laughs> little helpful, beneficial fungi that can help get the nutrients to your plants' roots. It's a it's a symbiotic relationship. So they are benefiting each other for various reasons. Um, totally happens in nature, all that fun stuff. Um, in theory, it sounds great to get my potted plants to work together with the fungi in the soil. Um, but it's just too small of a scale. Plus, if you let your soil dry out, they die. So then you have to either add more or just, you know, not that you're going to repot your plant all the time, but like, it's just not something that's going to be worth spending your money on just for potted house plants, unfortunately. Even though it sounds super cool. It's supposed to like colonize the root zone, sort of, and just help with nutrient uptake mm-hmm. and also benefit whatever other like beneficial microorganisms are living in the soil. Um, You're all buddies. Right. But I don't have much experience with that. I mean, but, but beyond just whatever comes in my own potting mix. Mm-hmm. But I use bacteria, like beneficial bacteria, root inoculant in my um, hydroponic setup. And sometimes I just fertilize my soil plants with my hydroponic solution because I'm too lazy. That's what I do. <laughs> um, and so I'm assuming they're getting some of that root inoculant, like beneficial bacteria uh, from that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't really know. Um, yeah. Do you all, uh, so asking a question here, say you're growing something in soil and an actual mushroom pops up. <gasps> Happy you freak day. out. Oh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I throw a party. <laughs> oh do you have like the little tiny mushroom party hats that you go put on them exactly oh, i want to see those so let's let's talk about that or explain that like what what does that um, mean my mushrooms growing in your soil is a sign of healthy soil a living soil it's a good thing 
If you feel so inclined, you can pull them out. They don't actually last that long. So I just enjoy them and say hi to them. Right. And then, you know, a couple of days they're gone. Uh, they just die. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that mushrooms are extremely picky about this, like types of environments that they grow in. So if you have something that's growing mushrooms in the soil, that means that you have like the perfect balance of everything to make fungi grow. Oh, happy day, mm-hmm. mama. Yeah, and even I think I would think even if you pull out the like fruiting body that you can actually see, yeah. there's don't still there's don't don't eat them. Yeah, please don't eat them. <laughs> Not safe. Yeah, uh, just but sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, definitely don't eat them. <laughs> um, but even if you pull off the like the fruiting body of the mushroom that's sprouting out of your soil, you're not pulling out the actual majority of the fungi right. which occurs in the soil underneath the soil. Um, and that I know of. They're not, they're not hurting your plants. They're not doing anything wrong hanging out there. Yeah, don't panic. <laughs> if you, don't panic if your don't panic. soil plants are growing mushrooms. Right. Uh, and don't eat them either, though. But if your leka plants are growing mushrooms, that might be... How? A, I don't know. How? <laughs> How? <laughs> maybe check that maybe you left too much soil on your plant roots. Which you shouldn't be doing in leka anyway. <sighs> Next episode. Yeah. Yeah, don't mix. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about soil as a or leka as a, an amendment oh as an additive oh you can yeah just add drainage but like i'll Maybe save it? my leka for my leka plant. I've, I've done it when i'm like in the middle of repotting and i ran out of cocoa chips and i need something thicker or yeah. chunkier that's i'll grab a couple handfuls of leka and throw it in like yeah I, just, I was selling a snake plant to someone on marketplace and i was like i don't trust her to not overwater this so i threw in extra leka which i normally don't do to, did you used to use leka more often because when i bought I bought a melano from you forever ago, and there was leca in that soil. Yeah, it was the same situation where yeah. I was like, I need something for aeration and drainage and chunkiness just to add a little bit of aeration to the soil, and I just put leca in there. But I also feel like if they made leca but just tiny leca, which they, do. they might. You have to they go do. through and pick it out. Or or you could just use a like a sifter. Isn't there stuff? Isn't the stuff you usually get at a like a pet store? Or a reptile store. That's usually the smaller stuff. Or how small are you talking? I'm talking like... I've never f- gone to any place shopping-wise where I can pick out my size of Leka. I'm talking like one, two centimeter diameter, like gradient size. That would so like be... real small. That would be like... I've gone through and picked it out of my existing Leka. Mm-hmm. Like that might make it for a better uh, amendment. I don't know. Then like but that's like perlite Lekas. at that point. Exactly. See, I like to have the mix because perlite's real small. At least the perlite I'm using because I'm just buying the cheap stuff. Mm-hmm. As much as I would like to get the, like the size four, it's too expensive. Why? Why would you like to get the size four? Because I want more air in my roots for my hoyas. Okay. For my more established plants, the larger stuff, not the teeny tiny things, because like I said, that's not like holding any moisture. Gotcha. But for the bigger stuff, I don't know. It also looks fancy. It looks fancy. It looks fancy. Christine wants size four <laughs> lecker because it looks fancy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, maybe it's the I'm succumbing to a plant trend by seeing other people using it, and I just think that that's what I need in my life. But maybe I don't. But I think the mixture of the tiny perlite with the larger cocoa chunks is like a good mix of having small and large aeration. Okay, maybe. Did we talk about pumice versus perlite? Does we have not. Does it does the exact same job? But like, what is the difference? Perlite is like puffed volcanic rock. Pumice is like. I think just naturally occurring. It's just broken down to the gradient size. I thought and pumice sold. was the lava rock. Pumice yeah. is like a lava rock. Yeah. But perlite is like puffed. Like they puff oh. it. So that. So pumice is. So am I wrong in saying. Because I haven't worked with pumice. Pumice doesn't like break then like perlite does. Uh, the pumice is a very light and porous volcanic rock formed when a gas rich froth of glassy lava solidifies rapidly. Exactly. Versus perlite. Perlite, which is, I think they take little chunks of. Like pumice shale or something, and uh, perlite they... is a form of obsidian characterized okay. by spherulites formed by cracking of the volcanic glass during cooling, used as insulation or in plant growth media. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's a process. It's like it's processed. Mm-hmm. They're processing, I guess, obsidian. So maybe pumice is more of just the natural occurring bougie thing to do instead mm-hmm. of perlite. And being I the think more yeah, because perlite or pumice is cheaper. Pumice it is, cheaper? is perlite is cheaper. Is it? Yeah, I think perlite. I thought I just had this conversation. The well, other I mean, because you can go to good old Home Depot and buy a thing of perlite for five bucks. Yeah, you don't I see swear pumice. To God, someone was telling me pumice was cheaper. I think again, it depends on the size. Like the large size perlite is expensive, but yeah, the small size isn't. I just if I there's any sugar daddies out there who want to buy me size three <laughs> and four perlite, I will see, welcome. Kaylin it. wants it too. I just pretty much. 
it's double the price for size four compared to the stuff I regularly get. I just can't justify it because all of it's going in the compost eventually anyway. I think we could all use just like a hookup for just soil amendments because they're so fun. I just want to talk about how fun it is to mix your own soil because it's Do you feel just, like a mad scientist? It is. It's like I kind of go down there in my basement and I like start pulling out bags of different stuff. <laughs> Put on your lab coat. And start spraying it all down with water so I don't inhale and start coughing it out. And I just start mixing it up and it's very satisfying. It's very satisfying to get exactly the texture that for some reason I feel like is good. And then potting my plants in that mix. I'm kind of the opposite. I know. It's weird. I specifically soil under my nails. I know people really like that. I hate it. Soil under your nails? Yes. Simone likes it. Simone likes it when she sees dirt under my nails. Maybe that's why I'm so into Lekka. It's just because, like, I don't, like, mix my soil. I gotta wash my hands. I pot a plant. I gotta wash my hands. Why don't you just, like, use garden gloves or something? Because I hate wearing gloves. I don't know. I just haven't thought of that. So she hates wearing gloves, Mm -hmm. but she also hates soil under her nails. Mm -hmm. You could get a bunch of those little finger condoms and just put them (laughs) over your nails exclusively. I just go get bugles and do the witch thing and mix my (laughs) soil up that way. Bugles, they just... Okay, what about... You guys, I feel like we should maybe do a lightning round talking about the weird things that people... That we hear people use. (laughs) Oh my god, banana shells. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Shit. Uh, Banana peels and eggshells. That's what I meant. Um, Egg coffee grounds. Here, let's let's make a stew with these ingredients and then water my plants. No, you idiot. Why not, though? No. Yeah, why not, Why not, Okay. Ugh. There's nothing coming off in that water that's going to benefit your plant that's going to do better than a commercially available fertilizer. So we're not talking of it putting it in water. We're talking putting it into the plant Okay, we're doing two things because some people make the tea Mm -hmm. or they soak these things with water and then water their plants with it. And then other people just put these things straight into their soil. No, it has to break down. It has to decompose. The plant is not just going to be able to use those stupid eggshells. I just had Stop doing that. I just had like a very (laughs) vivid memory of like boiling like a pot full of eggshells in my kitchen yeah oh you've done it oh yeah like just like oh i'm gonna keep it it was in the very beginning and i was like you know what we're doing this and i like boiled eggshells for i don't know how many minutes and the whole kitchen was hot and then i like let it cool off and then i like decanted the water into a bottle and then used that to water my plants and it was how long did that last it, like how long did just, you do that for like once oh. i did it once and it was okay. like oh well, I'm going to go buy, like, Schultz all-purpose. Yeah. If you feel like you need to fertilize your plants, which you should and you you want to, um, if you want to go organic, buy an organic fertilizer. If you are okay with synthetics, which make things a little more readily available for plants to take up, do that. Don't find stuff in your kitchen. Well, Kaylin, what if, what if people are trying to just be, like, utilitarian no. and modern and they don't no. want to buy anything like what if they're trying to be counter capitalist and they just want to like where'd you buy their- that plant from where'd you buy that tropical house plant from how do you Shots know they're like, <laughs> like how do you know they're buying like buying plants so where'd they get the so plant approaching from? them some people could be gifted plants like but yes, yes plant is a very common gift see Oh, so let me use this dirt from my yard <laughs> and these banana shells <laughs> from my kitchen. I will- I you say banana so- shells I will say, I think, I mean, at their surface level, yes, eggshells for for calcium, banana peels for potassium, coffee grounds for nitrogen. Like, that is a good thought process, and that is a good organic material that would supply that, but the amount of time it's going to take for that to actually break down into the soil is not feasible, because we're talking decades for that to actually release. Yes, if I remember correctly, I may fact check me later. But specifically the eggshells, that's going to take so long to break down in soil. You're not going to get the benefits needed yeah. in the short term. Yeah, it's got to it's got to depend on the conditions. Because like when you're making compost in your backyard, for example, mm-hmm. I know you can break, you can like encourage eggshells and banana peels to break down faster, you know, by adding moisture and rotating it and heat and yeah. the right amount of like aer- aeration and microorganisms, etc. Yeah. That's a and, compost situation though, where you're speeding up that breakdown mm-hmm. process versus people who are just going to sprinkle it sprinkle into it the soil. Sprinkle it on there. Yeah. Right. So let's just say maybe we can agree that it can be done. It could be beneficial. Like if you just didn't have access to commercial, any types of commercial fertilizers and you were trying to like give your plants a boost, maybe you could you could do some research and figure out how to use like like kitchen everyday materials that are just around your home. If too. you need calcium fast, just water with milk. 
Oh, fuck. Guys, no. (laughs) Christine did that on purpose. Do not water your plants with milk. That's disgusting. It's not going to benefit your plant. It's going to make your soil smell like shit. But you can shine your leaves with with milk. You can shine your leaves with banana peels. If you want to use your banana peels, take a banana peel, shine your leaf with it. That's what you can do. Don't put that crap in your soil. The outside or the inside? Of the banana? Yeah. Yeah. The inside that touches the banana. Fruit. Why that side? I don't know. That's, I mean, maybe I did it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> so I just figured that we, it was the moist side. We just had Kaylin admit that she uses shines bananas. Her, shines for her, her banana peels. Okay, first of all, I can't keep bananas in the house because I never eat them in time. Because when I want a banana is always never when I have a banana. And when I don't want to eat bananas is when I have bananas going bad. Hot tip, free peel, break them apart and freeze them and then blend them in smoothies. It makes a great like smoothie mix. I love bananas. Smoothie base. Yeah, so. yeah, it's bomb. And then they never go bad. If well, only we could see. They won't just Okay, so what did you make me mad about? <laughs> Milk. Milk in your plants. God damn it. Coffee in no. your plants, tea in your plants. No, yeah, no, like, no. Be extra careful Okay, I'm going to put a plug out there right now for fertilizer. It's cheap. It's plentiful. It doesn't even cost that much money. Just go buy yeah, it. Yeah, just go to Home just Depot. Just go buy it. Don't Get buy Miracle, Miracle Grow. Grow. Fuck off. <laughs> Don't buy Miracle Grow. There's We're too much salt cheap. in it. No. Okay. The stuff I get, what was it? 10 bucks? 10 bucks for a little bottle and it lasts forever unless you have 200 plants like me and then it lasts like a month. I just get, uh, I, just, I, I find myself just like accumulating different types of fertilizer from like other people's basements. That's definitely expired. Like that time I gave away some cow mag, the one plant together, together that we had. Just I feel like people just like, hey, you grow plants. You want this? That's been like stuff that's been sitting in my basement. Yeah. No, throw that out. <laughs> no i'm like sure I even the miracle grow i i i am guilty i did by miracle grow the very first time i needed fertilizer because i didn't put two and two together that nurseries were a thing i could just go there and get something so i did have the miracle grow and i did eventually give it away to other people so i didn't have to have it anymore it's better stuff out there don't and, give them your money yeah. and then really on the like priority scale of growing house plants like fertilizer is important but it's definitely not as important as like monitoring, managing moisture and light, light. levels. Yeah, like think it's about it. Fertilizer just lower, a little bit lower down on the scale. Of fertilizer priorities. is like multivitamins and whatnot for us. Like obviously, multivitamin will help us overall stay healthier, but it's not make or break it. Right, like multivitamins the, is plant fertilizer. The thing is that they're often referred to as plant food, mm-hmm. but plants don't eat it; they eat light. Plants eat light. Plants eat sun. Yep. Yeah. And CO two. They don't. So if your if your plant is struggling, it's generally not going to be because you're not fertilizing it. It's because it's not getting enough light most or of the time. Or it's getting too much water, or not enough well, water. The water level is directly correlated to how much light it's getting. Mm-hmm. Which I it's like shocking how much I how often I have to explain that to people. Like oh my god, I know water in relation don't to light started. But I mean we're getting we're getting on a tangent because <laughs> there are that's a whole there, other episode. Are that's there... a five part episode where I'm gonna be bitching about half the things half the time. <laughs> oh, so it's supposed to be a lightning round of things that people add we got distracted. That people add to soil. I was you thinking me I was thinking one thing was like when people put pebbles in the bottom of the pot that doesn't have drainage and also they just no plant, I used plants to do that. on top of it. I used to do that. I did that with some succulents once and it just made the pot really, really heavy. Yep. Okay, so everybody, this is why we don't put pot uh, what are they called? Rocks mm-hmm, pebbles. in the bottom of our plant pots when we are repotting. Having those rocks at the bottom raises the perched water table. I am not going to explain that. Go look it up. Google is a thing. What it does, essentially, as I just said, I wouldn't so explain it. Uh, uh, let's say you have a six-inch tall pot. You put rocks in the bottom and the bottom two inches. Now you have a four-inch pot, even though it's in a six-inch pot. If you're going to have a six-inch pot, just fill the whole damn thing with soil. You're better off. You're less chance of root rot if you don't put rocks in the soil. And it has nothing to do with water sitting at the bottom of the pot because hopefully you're already using drainage. That's the thing. It's if you all have- how the w- soil holds onto moisture. Perched water table, go look it up. That's the thing. A lot of times, you know, people are putting pebbles in the bottom of their pots to uh, help with drainage. But if you're in a pot that has drainage, you have the drainage. And that's why there's perlite in your mix for drainage. It's like your pot has a hole in the bottom and you're like, and you'll hear people say like, and I, I added pebbles to the bottom, just increased drainage and it still died. 
And it's because they're an idiot and they didn't put their plant in the window. <laughs> so Stop. mean to people. Like, oh, no, it's it, 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 it really, it really is ins- like a common if you're all, thing. If you're, oh, you're going to listen to our podcast, we're going to teach you how to grow better plants. And that secret and is we're mostly teach- just put your plants in the window. <laughs> And the and spoiler alert. We're gonna teach it we're gonna teach you in a way that's not offensive or rude or that will make you flee and never come back to our podcast ever again. Um no, I, I think what honestly what I remember happening when I tried to do it is like the roots just grew right down into the rocks. Yeah. And then the soil just eventually all mixed with the rocks. And it was like, this is dumb. And then do you then do you, I would assume, have the issue of your roots drying out too fast because now they're just hanging out in rocks? No, they're hanging out in rocks that are just coated in wet soil. You know, like rot. yeah, I don't know. It's just rot. Yeah, it's, there's no way around it. You, there, there are ways to grow in drainageless pots, but you know, it takes some finesse, and you kind of have to know what you're doing. Usually, bottom uh, line, don't do it. It's easier to make accidents and kill things. Yeah. Um, oh, come to your home, and I will personally berate you for putting rocks at the bottom yeah, of your pot. We just pots. said we're not going to insult our listeners. Oh, yeah, please, this is a safe space. Please leave a comment if uh, <laughs> you're feeling personally victimized by Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> if you're fe- no, not if you're feeling per- personally vi- If you've ever um, put anything random in your soil and you want someone to come berate you, leave a comment. We'll have to- we'll send Caitlin over it. Thank you. To make I would you feel love better. To do- you know, everyone's like, oh, Caitlin, you're so bossy. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the oldest of four. What do you want from me? Okay. So we kind of covered, I mean, you said earlier rice water. Yeah. Um, I think I've done it like twice. As long as you don't salt the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you super what quick tangent, water? don't, you should be washing your rice every time you make rice. Wash your rice. Because it like rice. washes the oh, extra wait. starch off. Yep. And it keeps, it washes all the starch off. Mm-hmm. And what you do is so you, do you just use, rinse it. You use that water that you did to wash your rice. No. So, okay. I don't rinse my rice. You should. It makes better rice. I'll try it. We make rice all the time. <laughs> yeah, wash your rice. It helps. I'm whore for rice. Yes. Um, Me too. But then you take that water and you give it to your plants and it feeds the plants. You could also do a rice water protein rinse for your hair. But that's that another too. thing. That is another thing too. Uh-huh. There, but there's a lot. There's actually a lot of benefits for rice water. Like starchy, yeah. like cloudy water. Mm-hmm. Yum. Okay, what else do we have to let? What, what else do we have to talk about? Soil. That's what I'm drinking out of my water bottle right now. <laughs> it's just chilled rice water. <laughs> no, just... Rice dream. Uh, I wonder if we could actually rice market drink. that. Rice drink. Rice drink. Rice drink. Uh, no. Okay, and then we wanted to touch on also like reusability. So, like for soil, at what what times would you guys reuse the soil that you use for another plant? Like you're repotting a plant and you have extra soil. Mm. When would you reuse it, or would you? It reuse breaks it? down. So if it's in like the first three months, I might reuse parts of it, um, but no, not after that. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say almost, almost never. And maybe I'm wasting soil, but I just don't want to risk any chance of you know, potential dead tissue that's hanging out in there and causing, that might cause rot later on or God forbid, any kind of pests that might be hanging out in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be more of a, oh, the opposite, the soil's still good. We're just going to throw it back in and do the thing. But I have, I've started to get really good at telling when soil is bad, like when it starts to break down and get real gross and just like, it just doesn't hold like crumbly and, and like disgusting yeah. and through like intuition. Like you can kind of just intuit like, Oh, this smell is smell it. No, I'd, I'd, maybe it's intuition. Maybe it's a, and maybe it has it's a different a, texture to it. It yeah. falls apart. It doesn't stay together. It doesn't have that same like vibrant, like mm-hmm. dark black. It's just, yeah, it's, do you want to, I have, I keep all my soil in a bin in the basement. If you want to go look at it, cause then I take it out to the compost. So if you want to rifle through it, we can compare. Like, maybe I'll take it home and just use it instead of buying Ew, pie no. <laughs> you can't have it if you're going to take it home. <laughs> going in the compost. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, wait. Uh, shoot. So I, I guess can't. along with that, that is something, you know, soil does naturally break down. It's not like LECA where it's, you keep reusing it, you know. It's going to, after a certain point, break down enough that it's not going to be helpful for you anymore. It's not going to um, hold moisture. It's just icky and no nutrients left. Yeah, and so typically a year to two years max is what you should be doing but what do I you guess say it depends on how fast people's Unless... plants are growing because mine i can barely make i can barely make it to a year right but before the... i'm desperately needing a repot but at that point is the soil gone yeah some of them so the soil's broken down enough that you can't yeah. reuse it okay yeah. well i mean i also just feel like there's always a caveat like there's always uh an exception right like there's people that Tom. have like grown a plant in a pot for just like 
10, um, 15 years. And that plant's just, it's just thriving. It's never had fresh soil. Maybe it's getting occasional, you know, water-soluble nutrients added to it or something. So everything has to be taken with a grain of salt. Like, yes, there are generally accepted, like, and tested strategies that seem to work, that it's generally a good idea to refresh your soil when you're repotting something and maybe not reuse soil that's been, had roots growing through it for, you know, two years or something like that. But I feel like there are times when I will reuse soil. And we do it at the nursery occasionally, too. Like, we will... <laughs> things that are... Like, if something dies in a pot, we'll... Maybe we have trees or large shrubs that are low on soil and the roots, the top of the root system is kind of exposed. We'll just pour it right on top to, like, help keep moisture down. Um, and the tree's fine. Like, the tree's fine. So, but... I mean, I digress. I guess there are points where I will keep soil. If it's like, this died, I've only had it in this soil, I just killed this propagation, right? right. It, it was like four weeks ago right. that I potted this. And mm-hmm. now, you know, it's just a dead plant. I just pull it out, throw the soil in my bin with the rest of my fresh soil. So Mix it in. Yeah. I said Tom because, I don't know if you know this, Adam, our friend Tom had a Dracaena that well, he just repotted for the first time in years. 25 years? 12. It was 12. I thought that he has something that's in... Then he hasn't repotted something that's been about 20, 25 years. No, his next oldest one is 10 years because I give him shit for this. Oh. Hi, Tom. Then I'm incorrect. <laughs> as Tom. usual. Hi, Tom. Or uh, maybe the Justina was 25 I and it's We're giving you shit know. and then we're going to like make you come on and talk on our podcast later. About how to keep a plant alive for 25 <laughs> we have to, years. We keep Tom on our good side. We like Tom. Yeah. Yeah, no, we love Tom. Um, I, I also forgot. We forgot one other thing. Um, random things that people add to their plants that I had never heard of until we were talking, uh, which is crystals. Yes. <laughs> Crystals? I can't like speak. quartz? Yes. I can't speak a whole lot on this. I just know people do it. So Does it work? With crystals, like crystal energy, every type of crystal has a different energy to it. So there are people who will put a rose quartz or a regular quartz in the soil to try and uh, have that energy pass on to the plant mm-hmm. to get it. picturing like rose quartz in the pot, like Mozart playing in the background. Only if the exactly. plant's in the window. And then like somebody in the other if room. If you, like, if you ask my partner specifically, he thinks rose quartz is a garbage crystal and every every rose quartz should just be thrown away uh-huh. so he would probably say a clear quartz or a smoky quartz would be better but yes the idea is that the energy of that will then cause the give the plant more energy to grow okay. there's just say a natural symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. between the two and then you've got somebody in their other room like with a plant that's 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 not cooperating with like a with a lighter kind of like burning the edges of the leaves <laughs> just an eternal flame next to the plant you see and then you kind of show it to the other plants like <laughs> see what happens oh i threaten my plants all the time you try you try you try to revert i threaten them all the time yeah christine says if you threaten your plant it's gonna do what, what it did wants. i just do work, yeah. i just threatened my jose bono and what did it do it gave you a nice it leaf. gave me variegation yeah so and i threatened who did i threaten <laughs> i threatened somebody and then they i forget which one it was, was it was it adam's tie did you threaten mm, that one no i didn't threaten okay. his plant don't threaten my tie. <laughs> so rude. It's not giving. We, I mean, we, we fall firmly into the pseudoscience realm here at the very end of the episode. Yeah, right. Are the crystals uh, science backed? Yes, they are. Yes, asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> yes, footnote. We will get back to you on the efficacy <laughs> of crystals. I'll go ask Adrian which one he suggests. I'll throw it in a plant and see what happens. But you gotta have the exact same plant. In the exact right same conditions without, without the crystal. crystal. But will if will the crystal energy transfer over to the second plant even if the crystal So same window but pot. maybe different sides of the window. You need so. to basically reconstruct your house right next door. I need to buy the townhouse next to me. Exactly. So that Make sure you're in a separate house, separate <laughs> separate structure, separate energy. Yeah, and we'll roll from there. <laughs> All right. Did we cover all our topics, Adam? I feel like we covered. We went through. I made a list for our listeners out there, like because I'm I'm list oriented. Yeah, Adam always wants to make a list. I like our pre-episode strategy session. Strats. All right. Well, uh, your weekly reminder: go join our Rough Around the Hedges podcast Discord server, where you can connect with us on Discord. We we will share pictures of our plants. You can see our plant of the week. Hear all the stories about my cats uh, in the pet tab. What else? The, the I, I love the plant hall of shame. Yeah. Oh, I loved shaming a good plant. <laughs> um, and also, what was I going to say? You can add more eggshells to your plant soil. We have to go over our plant of the week. 
Hmm. Is that not, are we the, not going to do that? That's next episode. What? Yeah. We don't do every it's, week. It's the second episode. We're supposed to do it every week. We forgot. We've been doing <laughs> well, plan of the week every other episode. <laughs> I am not prepared for this right now. Oh. Adam's plan of the week I'm... is his brevimosa. <laughs> you guys are so mean, but it is. <laughs> All right. You know, just just to fuck with you, I'm going to say my plan of the week is my brevimosa. Wow. Not okay. I'm going to go get him. He's going to sit next to us for the next episode. Oh my gosh, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. All right. I don't have a brevimosa. Do you want one? I have three in the basement. Oh Just, my god! You should try one. Nobody wanted them it's, besides Catherine and Jen. Hi, Jen. Didn't you give one to Simone? Oh, she's already got it. And oh my god, it's getting so big. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's very cute. It's amazing. She sent me a picture. I just like. That's tr- my issue is it. that if I'm going to give begonias a try again, Brevimosa is the one I want, and I know that's. Do you want to go home with one tonight? The hardest Christine? one. Do you want to go home with one tonight? Right now. Do you want to go home with one tonight? I don't have space <gasps> right now. I don't have space right now. You do. There's, I'm, there's I'm going to build another shelf this summer, and then then maybe I'll take okay. one. But you have to tell Only us. You have to come up with it. Christine. Pod. You have to come up with a plant of the week because we both just. It's did. my Hoya obavada because all three penduncles uh, are in bloom right now. That is in three the penduncles. Right thirteen. Yeah, it's all got, yeah, yeah, yeah. thirteen. Yeah, I heard three. Pendunkles. Definitely clarify because thirteen is crazy. Yeah, thirteen penduncles are currently in bloom. It's in the Discord. Go check it out. Wow. Three, three is impressive because my obavada has three penduncles. And I don't even have an obavada. Do you want one? Because mine's growing. We can get you one. No, I don't have. I have a plant limit I need to maintain, you guys. That's why I don't have an outbox. Then get rid of some. Get rid of your tie. Get rid of this thing. <laughs> One of my two ties that I've miraculously acquired. No. Uh, All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Rough Around the Hedges. Stay rough. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. We're gonna leave. We should leave that in there.